0: You're listening to the Holistic Spaces Podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 152, Five Tips for Winter Blues and Burnout with Erin DeLander. Welcome to episode 152 of the Holistic Spaces Podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School we teach Feng Shui online at MindfulDesignSchool.com. Be sure to check us out and be sure to sign up for our mailing list for free blog posts, free information about Feng Shui, and also to be invited to different opportunities we have at different courses we have. So we hope to engage with you more outside of the podcast. So this week, we're going to start with Laura chatting a little bit about our New Year's reset program.
1: Yeah. So those of you that don't know yet, it's coming up at the end of January, but in the meantime, before we meet live and um, online for the Lunar New Year's Eve of the Water Tiger, we have a reset package that includes decluttering with the Bagua, uh, meditations to activate your home checklist, a cleaning checklist, a whole bunch of goodies basically that you sign up for. When you get it, you get the whole package. It's called the 2022 energy reset package. And there's a link in the show notes. And then we all come together live at the end of January and we will walk you through the animals. So you'll know what your animal is and what to expect for the year. Plus, we're going to do a personal chi clearing. The whole group. So it's a really, really cool, high value little package that we create. And we do it every year. And it's very fun. And we hope that we can see you all there.
0: Thanks, Laura. I guess I always have you do the pitches. You're our That's you're it. our pitch girl.
1: I'm the spokeswoman.
0: You're the spokeswoman. <laughs> okay. So this week we are so excited to have one of our graduates, Aaron Delander of Much Love Interiors, join us to talk about Five Tips for the Winter Blues and Burnout as we're approaching the winter solstice here. So I'm going to read her bio. Erin has been an expert in interior environments for over a decade. As an interior designer and feng shui practitioner, her purpose is to help people learn to adjust their interiors in a healthy and supportive way, regardless of the season or phase of life they are in. That's such a lovely bio, Erin. Thanks, Angie. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's so nice to see your face on Zoom, to hear your voice. And I'm really delighted to have you on the podcast and really excited for the audience to hear your perspective on feng shui. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to share it. So this week, we're approaching the winter solstice. This is gonna air a day before the winter solstice. So you'll be listening to it maybe around that time. Winter solstice in the Northern hemisphere is Tuesday, December 21st this year. And I thought this would be a great time to chat with Erin about the winter season and water element and her perspective on it as an interior designer and also a feng shui practitioner. And I also remember when Aaron was in class, you were moving into your water year. So you had like a special connection to the water element, I think.
2: Yes, I was. Yeah. I'm currently in my water year. (laughs) So you, so you learned all about
0: water this year. And also I was browsing your blog at much love interiors and you had a really lovely blog post about the cycles of nature and living and changing with the cycle, cycles of nature and life. So that inspired me to invite you to come chat with us about it.
2: Well, thanks for reading my blog. I really appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. So, so tell us what does, what does winter solstice mean for you and, and the connection to your home and
2: how we live here, especially in the Northern hemisphere? Sure. So the winter solstice marks the return of daylight. So it's actually a really positive time. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, it's the start of winter. But for me, it's really this the return of the light. And we all celebrate different holidays around this time of year. So how do we celebrate this return of light? For me, it also is the harboring of my season because I'm a Capricorn. So that's really special to me. And it's just like a massive transition for us in the year. So we're moving into the winter months, but we're that much closer to gaining all of the daylight back and moving into spring and summer again. Yeah, I think that's really easy to forget that it's
0: welcoming actually more light and Mm -hmm. because. Right now it's getting so dark, you know, and yeah, dark so early and it really is when we now transition to receiving more light. Thank you for reminding me of that. And let's talk about the water element and, and I'd love to hear about your personal connections to how the water element feels for you now, after having gone through your water year and actually tell
2: people what that means to. Yeah. So the water element is really tied to the feelings of the winter season and slowing down. I found a lot this year that if I try to push myself and do too much, that I really overexert and become exhausted. So I've had to learn to recognize my needs to be restful and to find laziness and to recognize that it's not a bad thing to be lazy sometimes that it's really healing. Yeah. It's
0: more about being still and quiet and Mm -hmm. internal and looking at what's happening under the surface. Like if you're looking at a big ocean, like what's, what's be curious about what's happening under the surface. Cause there's a whole life underneath there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for the listeners in January, we have a lot, January, February, when we transition into the new year, the year of the water tiger, we have lots of episodes about the water tiger, all the Chinese Zodiac, as well as the nine-star key. And you'll find out if you're in the water year. And Laura, actually, you're a you're a water person in your nine stars, and you'll be moving into a water year, right?
1: Yep. Yes. Yeah. because well, we're all moving into our years, but yes, I am one water. Yeah, so for my principal number. So I've got some other stuff going on there. But yeah, I think there are many parts of me that are watery. I think we talked about this too and we were we had we were talking with Tamsin. It's a lot about tapping in yes, I mean meditation, but really tapping into that mysterious wisdom deeper side, knowing and also intuition. There's a lot of really cool things with water, but it also can be really quiet, kind of cautious and kind of cold. So not exactly the warmest and friendliest of the numbers, but I of course have earth in me, so it doesn't matter. So I balance it all out.
0: Yeah. But I like, you know, Aaron, you're talking about giving yourself permission, you know, even during this water season to Mm -hmm. be what we call quote unquote lazy, just
2: yeah. Letting things be still, and it's really a challenge for me because, like I said, I am a Capricorn sun sign, so I'm really a proactive person, and always i I tend to be a workaholic. So it's hard for me to find laziness. <laughs> also, something that you talked about in that blog
0: post was seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. It just seemed that you have done a lot of thinking about that and curiosity about that. And I I actually don't know a whole lot about it. So can you tell us about it
2: and your perspective on it? Yeah. So seasonal affective disorder um, is referred to as SAD is more common in the Northern Hemisphere. And about one in 20 people are diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder if you have the medical seasonal affective disorder, then it can be very dangerous this time of year. So it's important to like seek medical attention if you do. Now, a lot of us really understand the winter blues a lot more and it's similar. It's just not as severe as seasonal affective disorder. So seasonal affective disorder, I kind of relate to someone that just has like severe depression During the winter months, and they have a hard time getting out of bed, they have a hard time feeding themselves properly, they might crave more sugars and starches and start to kind of gain weight this time of year, they might kind of feel like a bear going into hibernation is kind of what my understanding of seasonal affective disorder is. So lots of us experience the winter blues. Not everyone experiences seasonal affective disorder or SAD, but there's definitely ways that we can kind of support ourselves through these months to feel better and not so depressed.
0: And that's when basically you're, it's because we don't have as much sunlight that we have this seasonal affective disorder.
2: And what does it mean when you have it medically? It means that you just might need to see a doctor to get prescribed one, a sad lamp or a sun lamp and potentially medication if it's really severe, like an antidepressant but typically people can help themselves just by exposing themselves to more sunlight and the sun lamp. I, ha- I actually have a seasonal
0: affective disorder lamp, but it's kind you of do. old. Yeah. It's kind of old. Well, I think I got it like 10 years ago. It's like Phillips and it has blue lights, but I think
2: they oh, have okay. more sophisticated ones now. So it's my understanding that you're not supposed to, like, stare at it because I think that there's, like, a lot of misconceptions that you're supposed to, like, stare at it because you absorb light through your eyes, but you're really supposed to have it, like, overhead. So it's kind of more like the sun.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one I have is kind of like, you just put it on your desk next to you and it just shines on you. But one of my friends who's a therapist had it and so I was like, Oh, I'll try it. You know, I guess I could, I should pull that out. Well, you also taught. So when we were talking about this podcast, we also talked about, like, we talked about the winter blues water element sad, but then the word burnout comes out. How does that, how does that tie
2: in? Yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but I notice like a lot more people around me feel tired during these months, especially as we like start moving through the fall and autumn months. People start to feel more tired, not wanting to work as much, and especially as we get closer to the solstice, everyone is like in holiday mode and just not really focused on their jobs, and their contributions to society, I guess I would say. So it just is like really important to recognize those symptoms and how we can calm down and slow down to avoid the burnout of these times.
0: Yeah, I feel, I actually feel a little burnt out. Laura?
1: Yeah, I was just going to (laughs) say, Angie's like, this is like, you're, you're, you're talking about all the things I keep telling her, Angie, this is the time of year when you're, she's like, I'm just so tired. So yes, I always know that this time of year, plus it's also when for us, our work kind of slow, we, we intentionally do this, that we, um, you know, have our work slow down for this, like a little Uh, zone in between. So for about a month or so. And I really try and take advantage of slowing down and blocking off time because it is amazing how, you know, life, it's really, really hard to do that. Like you have to schedule it because it just keeps creeping in and creeping in and creeping in. And I actually try to take a break right around uh, the solstice at least for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to try and stick with it this year because I, I think we all feel it. I think everyone, I mean, it's it's just, you know, you've, you've worked. So the fall is so busy and you're trying to complete things and finish things and get things done. And you know, that it's like, you're gathering your nuts, like crazy all fall and getting everything prepared. And then you just have to just sort of sit and rest in the winter. And I'm really feeling that right now.
0: Yep. I agree too. Super like moving out of the super efficient gathering the nuts metal element season into the water element season which I have to say something actually during the fall, right. When there was that transition between summer and fall, I was sitting at the park and speaking of acorns, I had asked for a sign about acorns. And then I waited a few weeks and I didn't get any acorns. And then I was sitting at the park and then under a tree and literally like broken acorn started falling on my head. Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh. Ask and you will receive. Right. But they landed on my, like right on my head. I'm like, is this, I'm like, wait, this is an acorn, but it's cracked open. And then I looked up and there were all these little squirrels eating acorn or gathering acorns, I guess. But yeah, you
1: you got your acorn sign.
0: I got my acorn sign, but that's kind of like that energy that we, that I think caused the, like We can visualize like every, all, all the little squirrels gathering their nuts. And, and now it's like this quiet time where we can rest and work with any burnout that may have happened because of that. Actually this holiday season, I'm going to go on a meditation retreat to help with my burnout.
2: Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's great.
0: Yeah. And so let's talk about your very clever five tips for the winter blues and burnout. And then we can chat about how that ties into our personal chi and how we move through our spaces, as well as our feng shui.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. So my first tip is to get sunlight and to go outside at least once a day I know that this is sometimes harder when it's cloudy out, but you're still getting daylight when it's cloudy out. And I also understand that it's harder in the colder weather, but even if you step outside and just like feel the cold on your face, it will help refresh you to avoid this burnout. So that's my first tip. And that ties in with the sad sun lamp. If you do have seasonal affective disorder. And I would say that anyone with winter blues or seasonal affective disorder should just get sunlight. Tying that back into our homes, make sure that your windows are very clean uh, from the inside and outside and there's nothing obstructing the daylight from them. So like if you have bushes around them, make sure that you're trimming those back and just getting as much daylight in through your windows as possible if you have blinds or window coverings, open those every day. Mm -hmm. It's very cleansing for your space to get sunlight into your space. So that's my first tip is sunlight.
1: Yeah. And I think we talk about this when we do, we do a presentation about bringing natural elements into your space so that it's easier for people to understand feng shui through really tangible things that they know every day. And sunlight is something that is tied so closely to the idea of the yin and yang, like that energy of life versus a quiet and bringing that sunlight in, it's so much yang energy even when it's the the you know that that winter light which is a little bit less intense, it's still something that your body craves because it's a really yin time of year, right? This yeah. is a very yin Yin time in this winter. And so, whatever you can do, because the sun is young, is to balance it out a bit. So, that's yeah, roll up those blinds, man. I am always amazed when I go to sometimes when I go to clients' places, how they keep their blinds, their houses so shut up in blind, like closed, everything is closed. And just opening the blinds and just letting the light in, it makes such a huge difference.
2: It does.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of another way that you can look at it. If you find yourself keeping your blinds closed, not letting the sunlight in, that may be an indication that you are feeling like burnt out and you are feeling like seasonal affective disorder because it's even challenging to open the windows. Um, Yeah.
2: Or if you're like struggling to get out of bed and you just keep mm -hmm. pulling the covers over your face and not being able to see the sunlight that's coming into your room, like that's a problem too. Yeah. I'm like the opposite. I never
0: put, I, ne- I never put down my, uh, I never put down my window treatments. And I think it's also like a New York thing because we live in apartments. And so people are like the number one thing that people ask for is how can I get more light into my space? No, Even with the brightest homes, almost always like, how do I get more light? So it's a huge thing.
2: Okay, what's the next one, Erin? Uh the next one is to move your body. Um I would say to do this daily for a minimum of 10 minutes. So you can do like moving meditation, you can just do some jumping jacks, you can go for a short walk to get yourself outside at the same time. And to tie it back into like an interior space, maybe you roll out your yoga mat and you have time first thing in the morning to just kind of start moving and stretching your body and just like, have that space set for yourself. So for me personally, I have my meditation mat set. So like, in the morning as I'm doing my morning rituals, I sit down and do my meditations first thing in the morning because my meditation mat is already out. So I think just like setting yourself up to have these better habits is really important.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say carving a space out for yourself. I think in, um, and it doesn't have to be a big space. We talk about this in feng shui all the time where, you know, you have to make space for something in order to bring it into your life and we're going to be talking you know about decluttering and coming into the new year as well and um, it's something that we're, we're we're going to be doing in the reset so when you try and connect it to to making space sometimes people just see decluttering as a chore or something I have to do because everyone tells me I have to do it But there really is an opportunity to, even if you can just declutter one small area and like create a, carve a space out for you to do that activity. And in this case, it would be an activity to move very gently because again, we're not forgetting the type of, the time of year it is, unless you're somebody that works out all the time. And if this is sort of, you know, something that you're doing in order to combat the kind of winter blues, just moving gently, having that space carved out is really, really important. And feng shui is all about making space in your home for improving energy. So.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks, Laura.
1: Number three. Number three. What's number three, Erin?
2: My third tip is to hydrate, which really ties into the water element. I find Mm -hmm. that oftentimes when it's in the colder winter months, I have a really hard time hydrating myself. And And in Colorado, it's so dry. And so your skin gets dry. You're just dry everywhere. So hydrate. And my bonus tip for that is to drink warmer liquids during the winter months to kind of help keep your body warm.
1: Yeah. Um, I am actually amazed at how dry it gets out in the mountain area. Like I'm where I'm on the East coast, but when I go, I'm like, wow, it is so dry when I went out there in the mountains. So yes, it's, and it's dry all over. I can't even imagine what it's like to live out there all the time during the winter months, but hydrating. Yes. And I think herbal tea is how I would do that. Yeah. And you don't always have to just drinking water herbal tea counts for sure. No,
2: Yeah. And to tie it into an interior environment, setting up a humidifier or Uh even a water element of some type will add humidity into your space. I wouldn't recommend that in a more humid climate, but if you're in a drier climate, you can definitely set up a humidifier.
1: Which is like water and fire element working together to make steam. She's very productive and good.
0: I've already pulled out, I've pulled out my humidifier because in New York city, we have really hot apartments. It's notorious for New York city is notorious for the heat on being so high. You have to open up the windows. And so it's so hot and so dry that I always have a humidifier going. And I also love bringing in hydration during this time of year with essential oil diffusers, they also bring in moisture into the air and also just having plants improves the humidity of your home as well. That's a great tip, Angie. You know what? Actually I was noticing these tips kind of line up with the elements and we'll talk about that later, but what's the, yeah. what's your next, your next, uh,
2: tip that was slightly intentional. (laughs) Oh, Okay. So my next tip is to eat mindfully and nourish your body. And when I say eat mindfully and nourish your body, I mean, to eat only at specific times of day. So some people refer to this as intermittent fasting, but to cut yourself off a minimum of two to three hours before you go to bed so that your body... Understands that, like, this is still a normal eating pattern and keeping your circadian rhythm somewhat normal during these times. And then, when I say nourish your body, nourish your body with warm foods, spicier foods, colors that are like red. So, like, beets and roots and carrots are really good to eat this time of year, just to kind of like nourish your body with those just heartier foods.
1: Yeah. And this makes me think of the earth element and the earth element helps to balance out the water element. So, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care, eating, it's eating in the stomach and digestion that's really connected with earth energy and having that nourishing self-care added on to it. I think, again, as we're saying, we, I think, yeah, we, these are, we're hitting almost all of the five elements, but we'll go back and we'll go over it. But this makes me think of how important it is to use food to help in a positive way, in a structured way, but also it helps to ground you and nourish you and care for you. So yeah, that makes me think of the earth element for sure.
2: Yeah. So I think it would be earth and then also fire because preparing your food and cooking your food at your stove is always the fire element. So using that intentionally and just feeding yourself really well during these months. Well, and also you suggested earth,
0: kind of earth, earthy foods, like vegetables that come that are earthy colors, but also fiery colors and heated Mm -hmm. up and, and very nourishing. I think also feng shui wise, we can look at like how and where we eat in our home. First of all, like, do we, it, it could be a good time to go through the pantry and kind of let go of maybe, maybe compost some things that have been there for some time and taking care to bring in more seasonal foods into our kitchens and then creating special, like you said, meal times, but having them be little events that you can spend time with family and gather around the hearth. Like I, um, I, I visualize at this time, there's a lot of gathering around the hearth around the fire traditionally that the family and loved ones would gather around together and eat together. So this is really supporting this time of year.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I would also add to that, that like sometimes people with seasonal affective disorder don't always want to gather. So having intention around gathering with loved ones and friends to have these meals and nourish your body is going to be really important.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: then your
0: fifth, what's your fifth
2: suggestion? My fifth suggestion is to find a minimum of 30 minutes a day of white time. So unplug, don't check your social media. I would even suggest maybe putting your phone on airplane mode or turning it off entirely and putting it in another room to kind of avoid the EMS from your phone. Um, that's going to be really important. And if you wanted to do that, like later in the day, because blue light is very disruptive to our circadian rhythms, that would be my suggestion.
1: Can can we read when we're doing that? Like a book, like a real book, or is it like doing nothing?
2: Yeah, Yeah. or meditate. I mean, because I want (laughs) to read. (laughs) Read, please, by all means. I think that that's a great time to have a a reading habit as
1: you're in paper books. Mm -hmm. Paper books, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool okay that was awesome so wait what are we going to talk about how to bring warmth into the space is that one way too we're going to finish it off close it with some more
0: sure maybe we can each talk about how how each of us are going to or have brought some more warmth and coziness into our spaces this winter
2: i'll start i have lots of oranges around this time of year a bowl of oranges and I dry oranges, I hang them as decorations, Mm. lots of oranges to bring in like that sunlight feel. And then I always like to light a candle. I really like the like woodwick candles because I don't have a fireplace Mm -hmm. at my house. So I like kind of that flickering sound of the woodwick candles. And then tying back into the windows, I have a feng shui crystal ball hanging in one of my windows. And I love it this time of year because it scatters rainbows throughout my house. So it's like always this time of year when the sun is a little bit lower that the rainbows kind of come through and that really helps to brighten my space a lot. So those are my
1: few tips. Well, I have a fire, so I'm pretty lucky. I just put my fire on and I sit around with my animals and every evening we sit around and I'm surrounded by animals and fire and my family. And so that's what I do. And I love candles too. I have the, I love those woodwork candles too. And yeah, this is just i uh, am I'm, I'm pretty good about, uh, of ne- I'm, I'm pretty good at nesting. I'm pretty good at dealing with this, uh, weather and we, you know, up here where I am in the, I'm in a rural area in Canada. So, you know, we're pretty good at winter. I actually don't hate it. I like it gives me excuse to turn my fire on.
0: I've never heard of these wood wick candles. I'll have to look them up.
1: It's just like the wick it's like a flat piece of wood that goes right through the and then and it yeah, it makes a crackling sound. Oh. Like all, and and I have one that smells like maple syrup. Like it's literally made from maple syrup from Quebec. It's like in a it's in a maple syrup can and I love it. Oh,
0: so Canadians love it maple syrup. I know. I was just going to say that's so Canadian of you. Laura. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good. I'll have Um, to get you one, Angie. I'll send you one.
0: Okay. So for me, typically around this time of year, I'm pretty quiet because my work is always quiet. So Laura and I have purposely created winter breaks for ourselves at the mindful design school at this time, but also with my, uh, sorry, with my design practice, most people are quiet at this time of year because no one's planning a renovation uh, during the holidays. And I typically go on a meditation retreat, which I'm so grateful that they're having it again this year. So I'm going to go to a meditation retreat and just reset and be quiet and all the, all the things that we talked about, unplug, get out in the sun more, move around, hydrate, eat mindfully and unplug. And it'll be nice for that week that someone else will be taking care of everything. So I can kind of go on autopilot. Well, this was great, Aaron. Thank you so much for your thoughts and sharing about winter time and the water element and just your, your reflections on how to work with these winter blues and, and the burnout. So I'd love for you to share about you a little bit. Tell us what's new with you and where people can find you.
2: Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, It was wonderful chatting about this topic. So through the end of this year, I'm offering an additional 9% off on my feng shui consultations. So you can find me on my website and on much love interior, much underscore love underscore interiors for my Instagram handle. And Angie and Laura are going to put some information in the show notes. I'm also working with a design build firm. We are not slowing down on remodeling. So if you have any remodeling needs uh, in Colorado and the Denver greater area, then you can contact us through there too. And I would say, hope everyone makes it through these winter months successfully and find some time to rest. Yeah. And, and also, didn't you say you had some, what, some new offerings coming in 2022? I, I do. I haven't really solidified everything yet. So it's going to be more metaphysical offerings. I'm thinking like Oracle, potentially I Ching readings, just more intuitive readings that if people want just like a one-off thing, I already offer a nine-star key reading on my website, but this will be just like some added things. My prices are going to change at the beginning of the year. So definitely take advantage of the discount and where my prices are at now before those prices go up and my offerings are adjusted.
0: Yeah. And we'll have in the show notes, clickable links to Erin's website and Erin's Instagram, where you can follow her and learn more about her and check out her services and offerings. Thanks, Erin. Thank you, Erin. And thank you so much to the listeners for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others and you can subscribe or leave a review. You can support the podcast by checking out our certification and our other offerings at MindfulDesignSchool.com. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you could visit our two websites, HolisticSpaces.com with an online store and a blog and MindfulDesignSchool.com. You can subscribe to our podcast, share with others, leave a review. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.